0: Welcome to the basement talk podcast fantasy show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Hello, hello. How are we? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to talk about uh, football and not talk about the Jets, actually, because the Jets are on a bye this week. We'll be able to
1: cut a show in half by 20 minutes. Thank you.
0: Literally. Oh,
1: thank God. It, yeah. <laughs> this is my, one of my favorite shows favorite shows of the year where we don't have to talk about the Jets. <laughs> These shows are considerably shorter.
0: I wonder why. Um, anything that you want to talk about before we go into uh Thursday night?
1: Uh yeah, I am a very cranky, very tired boy. Uh I was up until 3 a.m. doing uh live streams for the election. Uh that was uh a late night. That was uh Wow, that was a whole a whole lot of uh, nonsense was that on, for, on was just that for so work? many levels, left, right, and center.
0: Is that for your job? Like for work?
1: Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I actually got to expand into the political realm.
0: Well, good for you. It
1: was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Cha- chaotic. Very, very chaotic. But it was yeah. a lot of fun.
0: My heart goes out to Nick. Um, my for Well, we don't really do the game box anymore, but... Um, my former co-host, still best friend, but he had to work, a, like twenty-two hours, ish, covering election day for his job, and it. Yep. And I'm surprised. I haven't. I haven't texted him, so I don't know if he's still alive, but I hope so. <laughs> because that's I, that's a lot. <laughs> I,
1: I started my preparations for everything. I really started to look at like stuff, and because I mean. I'm a poli sci minor. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, this is unfamiliar to me, Adam, you know, this, um,
0: yes. Well, you know, I took, I took one poli sci class. You did. You did. As per your recommendations, that was a fun class though. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, I mean, I love, I love politics. I love just talking about it, both sides. I mean, I, I, I think I can hold my own when it comes to political discussions, no matter which side of the aisle, no matter the issue. And I can, be able to decipher and listen to both sides of the aisle without being able to tell one side that they're wrong and the other side that they're wrong and just just basically what people do nowadays in the united states of america in the year of our lord 2022 one side disagrees with the other the other side disagrees with the other nobody gets along but it was it was very very interesting just being connected with with just so many different people and you know, get engaged as to what's going on on the ground in, in, in different states. Like I was talking to people in, in Georgia, um, in, in Florida, just how, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like I obviously don't disclose what side of the aisle that I'm on, but I was on a show. I was on the show last night with both Democrats, Republicans, independents, and everybody on this show last night basically had, and obviously I don't want to get too deep into politics. No is, no one's here wants to talk about fucking politics, but <laughs> Nobody had ever seen last night, Florida call it that quick. Wow, like, we didn't have to wait all night, which is usually what 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 happens with, with Florida. We had Rubio, and then you had uh, DeSantis. Nobody had ever seen Florida call it that quick.
0: Yeah, honestly, which is crazy. One of my big uh, missed opportunities, I think, in college was doing uh, Hofstra votes live, like doing that election coverage for Regu. Sure. I wish I I wish I had done that one of my four years, um, because I feel like it would have been a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but also a lot of fun. See, I just tried to stay out of the radio station as much
1: as much as I possibly could because uh, fuck that place. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to all the W R H U people that are out there, but uh, yeah, fuck that place.
0: Well, you know, uh, W
1: R H U won't be inviting me back to do any any TED talks or right? <laughs> anything like that anytime soon.
0: Probably not. I mean. A lot of my time was spent uh, working with required. Ra- required, oh boy! Da, 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 da. A lot of my time was spent uh, working with required radio, which was yeah. a lot more fun.
1: Oh yes, a lot more fun than the time that I did spend in the radio station was at twelve o'clock at night when no one was there.
0: Yeah. Oh, those overnights were the worst.
1: Oh, those overnights were the best. Oh my god. I'd have coffee. Nobody would be there. I'd have people come visit me that were like I were just in and around campus. It was great. Yeah, nobody I, to bust my chops.
0: I had uh, one of those slots, like the classic music or the class classical music yeah. at like five in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh boy, I, I this is not fun, not fun at all.
1: Yeah, but I you, you mean, no one ever showed up for the five a.m. desk
0: slot. No. I, I mean, I showed up for, I showed up one time and then I was like, you know, I'm just going to leave this in automation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. The, the country music show. I I did stay. I did stay. I mean, I would stay till probably like one 30, sign the log, say it was there. Um, and then go. Cause I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and it helped that I was the, I was the producer. So I kind of had to do it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so let's get into Thursday night football. With the uh, Falcons and the Panthers. Ugh. So I know this game is not gonna be really the only I don't know. Like
1: uh, who are you really? No, looking I, sh- I shouldn't at say for uh. I shouldn't say ugh because we have mommy. So that that's good.
0: Yeah, and Drake London. Uh, uh, what's he done? I know what's he done. I mean he's this is this...
1: he's done who got you know what that means, Adam?
0: I do know what that means. It means nothing.
1: Exactly
0: this game has a potential to really just set you on a crash course for not having a good, a good week in fantasy because you could potentially be starting guys like Mariota, Kyle Pitts, Drake, London, Deonta Foreman, uh, DJ Moore. There could be a potential for you to just be, to be starting behind the eight ball. Once Sunday rolls around.
1: Which is why I would, pretty much advise that unless you have Cordero Patterson
0: or DJ Moore, try and avoid this game if you can. Yeah. Well, also Thursday night games, like primetime games in general, it feels like this year don't really live up. Not that they don't live up to expectations, but they just end up being weird and like unpredictable. It depends who it is. It depends who it is. I feel like all the Thursday night games though, it feels like, the like the guys that we didn't expect to be scoring points ended up scoring points. Sure. And sure. like with that Bears Commanders game, and the Broncos and the Colts, which was a shit show.
1: Oh god, that was a fucking nightmare.
0: Um, I mean the Ravens and the Bucks with uh, the breakout performance of Isaiah Likely. Oh, the Ravens Bucks game was good though. It was a good. Game. It was good. That was thoroughly enjoyable. Yes. And um, even with like the the Eagles and the Texans.
1: Oh, you mean my 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 beautiful boy, Davion Pierce? Yes. And and, and Dallas Goddard and Dallas Goddard, it's a very very casual twenty four points. By the way, but by, by the way, speaking of Dallas, speaking of Dallas Goddard, um, I had a team put up one hundred and seventy nine points last week and lost. So,
0: oh, that's I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. A was that's
1: it. I was a yeah seven and one team. Seven and one team put up one hundred and seventy nine points, and I lost. Yeah, last granted, week. Granted, the team granted the team I went up against put up two hundred and twelve points. So that's without bonuses. Wow,
0: two hundred twelve
1: points in full point. I'm just like, you got to hold your hand up. And you just got to say, all right, I, I, I just got beat.
0: Yeah, basically nothing. Um, I can
1: do.
0: yeah. If Joe Mixon had an average day. Last week I probably would have lost in the non and I didn't go up against Joe Mixon. Wow. That
1: 212 point team, I did not go up against Joe Mixon.
0: That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh general general thoughts on this game. Just I don't know. Try and avoid it if you can.
1: Uh, yeah, but I mean some people some people may have buy issues, and, and you know, you may you may have to start Marcus Mariota. He's a fine, he's a fine start. He's a mid-range QB2, my QB 18. Um interesting with the with the Atlanta running backs still. Um, I am enthused about Cordero Patterson getting the goal line work. It'll be interesting to see if he gets an uptick in his usage. Uh Cordero Patterson's borderline top 12 play. You're gonna start him. Uh, you're gonna feel good about the start. But it'll be interesting to see how much they use Algier and how much they use Huntley since both were were used quite heavily um last week. I'm not playing Drake London. Quite honestly, Drake London, and you have to leave on your benches until further notice. And Kyle Pitts, ah, it, it it's just that it just keeps, it's bewildering at this point with Pitts. He has his good weeks. He has his bad weeks. Against Carolina two weeks ago, he had five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. So if you want to start Pitts knowing that he just two weeks ago had a good game against them, I could see I could see people doing it. Um, some people may not have a choice, but I could tell you right now, just based off of guys that you could pick off pick up off the waiver wire, I would rather start Greg Dolchich, I would rather start David Njoku if David Njoku plays this week.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Cause yeah, Kyle Pitts is like a – he you just don't know for one thing, and he could re, he really could screw you if you start him with expecting something, but he just gives you a dud. For sure.
1: Yeah, and then and then for Carolina, it's, pr- it's pretty simple. Uh, DJ Moore, you could start as a wide receiver, too. Um, you're kind of crazy that you – know, I know we talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago. I DJ Moore pretty much as a top 40 receiver at one point during the year, and now he's back being talked about as a wide receiver, too. I am a little nervous, though, that they were very quick to put Baker Mayfield in last week um, against Cincinnati, and now Sam Darnold potentially being back in the fold, and they've said – that Sam Donald is going to play at some point. I think the hook for PJ Walker is quick, which worries me a tad. But then again, they're home. They're against Atlanta. They played a competitive game against them two weeks ago. I, I, I like DJ more with PJ Walker more than I do with Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald. You start him, but you be cautious of the fact that there's a chance that Baker Mayfield comes into this game. And potentially Sam Donald if he is active on the roster. But the thing with Carolina, or the, or the two running backs, it's Deonta Foreman and it's Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard is supposed to play in this game. He is, it does not have an injury designation. He is healthy. He is back. I'm going to be, inter- I'm going to be very interested to see what they do with Hubbard. If he's more of the third down guy, if they give him full series at some point, I think it's going to be a mix of both.
0: Can I, uh, interject here. Chuba Hubbard is actually questionable for Thursday. He game. is questionable. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So if he, if he doesn't
1: play, I take back everything I just said, play Deontay Foreman. I'll move up Deonta Foreman in my ranks. If Chuba Hubbard is out, I have Foreman right now as my RB 19. If he does, if he does have the backfield to himself, I could potentially see Deonta Foreman moving up a, Moving up over the likes of Leonard Fournette, over the likes of Jamal Williams, who did, who did not practice on Wednesday, um, over DeAndre Swift. I could definitely see that happening and and Foreman being a top 15 or 16 play. I don't know if I would do it over Pollard, but maybe I would do it. And then if Zeke plays, then I move Pollard over Foreman. But we'll see. We'll see. Zeke is limited and I haven't heard much out of out of Dallas regarding Zeke yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see why you thought that that Chuba Hubbard was going to be playing this week because um, it looked like he practiced fully Tuesday and Wednesday. Right. That's so right. That's, that's what I saw. There, them li- uh, listing him as questionable is interesting. But yeah, very interesting. It's probably I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's a gamesmanship thing. I have literally no idea why they would do that.
1: We're going to say, keep your fingers crossed though. If you have Deontay Foreman.
0: Yeah. Although I don't know after like he, he was okay. Um,
1: yeah. No, I mean, they were getting blown out of the building by Cincinnati. It's, uh, that, it's that's a game unfair. script thing. Yeah. That's unfair. They he getting, did really they well. Abs- he, they were getting absolutely blown out of the building.
0: He, I mean, he scored 31.8 points in full point PPR against the Falcons, uh, two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, two of his last three weeks, he's been over a hundred yards. So if he gets the backfield by himself again, like Adam, like you just said, this is a guy that had a hundred plus yards against Atlanta two weeks ago. So, and now he's at home. So you could, you could expect something very similar to that if he's the guy by himself. And by the way, also weather is going to be a factor in this game because of the hurricane that's working its way up the East Coast. So. That game on Thursday could be a little messy.
0: Well, that mean that would be good for the running backs. Yes, it
1: would. Yes, it would. It could also be bad because of slick ball and and, and fumbles. That that's also a possibility. Yes, but the volume, at least, if you're looking for volume plays out of the likes of Patterson and the likes of Foreman, that they should definitely be there.
0: It's like that uh, monsoon game against the. Uh, Jaguars in or the Panthers and the Jaguars. There was that mo- that uh, monsoon game. Like was it ten years ago or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have something like that. That was right. uh, that was pretty crazy. Where fan where fans were literally like taking buckets and like uh, throwing buckets of water out of their out of their seats so they can sit down while it was still pouring. It was uh, it was pretty nuts. Well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It could be this could be something very similar,
0: yeah. So who knows with this one? Mm-hmm. And that's why Thursday night games are weird, is because they, they can they, you can you can't win your week on you can't win your league on Thursday or win your week on Thursday, but you can lose your week on Thursday. It's like sure. drafting. Sure. Um, all right. Actually, I didn't even mention the teams that were on by this week, so I will do that real quick. There are four teams on by. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, and the Baltimore Ravens. So a lot of key players um, who you will be looking to replace, like uh, Mar Jackson, Kenny Drake, Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews, Joe Mixon, Jam- uh, not Jamar Chase. He's already out anyway. Uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Burrow, and then the Patriot- guys in the Patriots. Mar- Ramondre Stevenson, Damien Harris, that sort of thing, and Garrett Wilson, and Michael Carter and James Robinson. Anyway, so yeah, that's that. Uh, let's get into Sunday with the Seattle Seahawks making the cross-country trip, probably the longest trip that they can make, except for maybe Miami, it would probably be the longest trip, like miles-wise, but um, the long trip to Tampa Bay. Uh, they're going even further than that. Oh really? Hmm. Munich. Oh, that's right. They're going. you are going even further than that. So yeah, it, well, is, may- it is.
1: It is the longest trip they could possibly make.
0: Man, I am very stupid. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, nine thirty. Yep, at the Allianz
1: kickoff. Don't forget, set your lineups.
0: Yeah, or set an alarm.
1: Set your lineup Saturday
0: night. Yeah, or that.
1: And very simple very simple if there are guys that are questionable going into the game that you don't that you are not you know you're not going to be up for to put them in your lineups and there's a 50 50 shot they may not play very simple leave them out very simple because again we've talked we talked about this when Alan Kamara was a surprise scratch when they played in the London game I have zero tolerance zero tolerance for people who are not up I I just I I just don't have any time for it
0: yeah. Also, um, especially for people on the West Coast, that game is going to be at 6.30 in the morning for those that are all the way on the West Coast. For me, in, in Mountain Time, it's a, a little manageable, 7.30. So by the time I wake up on Sunday, it'll probably be like halftime or something. Yeah, which, but, which, is,
1: which is why, if there are any question marks, you just leave them out of your lineup and 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 you go from there.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, they do say that the Seahawks... Actually, have the most travel miles out of all the NFL teams because they're in because of where they are yeah, in the Pacific, Pacific Northwest.
1: Northwest, in the middle of fucking nowhere.
0: Yeah, well, Seattle's not in the middle of nowhere, but
1: still, well, middle of nowhere being it is in the up, it is in the upper left-hand corner of the entire country, away from everything else.
0: Yes. Um. Yeah. So there's that, and as far as your injuries, because this is pretty important a lot of guys on tampa bay to worry about as far as like uh, i mean i don't know mike evans has played the past two weeks so i don't know how much you're really worrying about that about him being questionable or like you know being limited or missing practices just because he has played through uh that ankle injury that he suffered in the embarrassing loss to the um Carolina Panthers. But um, yeah, that's that Uh, Russell Gage was limited or he didn't practice actually on Wednesday. Uh, Just really monitor those injury reports for for Tampa Bay and see what's going on there, especially since this game is an early kickoff, like you said. And then the only guy of note worth noting is uh, for Seattle is Marquise Goodwin, who uh, practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday the groin issue so there's that otherwise i mean you're starting i don't know do you think this game is going to be kind of a like a slug fest or do you think it's gonna be a shootout uh,
1: there's a wide range of outcomes for what this game can be to be completely honest I yeah. te- i tend to lean I don't want to say shootout because I don't know if there's such thing as a shootout that involves the bucks, but do I think this is, this is a game where we see like where it's 17 or it's 20 to 17? Probably not. Maybe that's a, maybe that's like, on a, I think, I think a score line where they both are putting over 40 points is probably what I would expect. Like, I don't know if we see anything, anything like, you know, 53, 54, but do i see do i see again like a, do i see a 17-10 17-14 game No, not really but is that in the range of outcomes yes
0: wait both teams are in the range of 40 points so are you saying that you you're no, 40 you combined have, 40 combined oh combined i was like so you're looking like 45 to 42 is a shootout
1: <laughs> no so
0: the, the combined yeah. combined
1: points so so 20 okay. so 22-20 23-20 um, but seventeen ten, even though I don't think that, that is what this game is calling for, it is definitely in the range of outcomes.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the real question, though, with Tampa Bay is the running back situation.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there, if there is a game where you would expect something from Fournette, this might be it. There, he, The volume has not been the problem with him. It's just been how effective he's been, and he has not been very effective at all. I mean, I would even go as far as to say Rashad White has looked better than him. To be honest, so uh I'm not saying this is my you know plea to fantasy managers like I was doing, you know, two years ago with Cam Akers and then last year with Amon Ross St. Brown. We even gotten to that point yet. I haven't found like that guy yet, but Rashad White is pretty close to being that guy where I'm just like I'm slamming the desk, begging and pleading with people to pick up Rashad White, even if you don't have Leonard Fournette. If you have Leonard Fournette, he is a must-add. He's a must add. I don't know how you don't have him, but if you don't, if you don't have Leonard Fournette and you have an available roster spot, Rashad White is one of those guys at a lottery ticket because if something happens to Leonard Fournette, Rashad White has league winner written all over him.
0: Also, uh, ran, he has a play as a ransom note, basically, to the Leonard Fournette owner.
1: Sure, sure. If your trade deadline, if your trade deadline has not passed, sure.
0: Yep. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have averaged sixty point seven rushing yards. Per game. And I mean, the numbers speak for themselves when it's that bad.
1: They they their running backs are basically at a point where they don't score, they're useless.
0: Yeah. That sounds about right.
1: So you need you need Fournette to score. The good thing with this, the good thing with this offense is that we have seen that when they do get on the two, three yard line, they do have the tendency to want to run the ball in. So even if the yardage is not exactly great with Furnett, he has a great enough chance to score, which is, which is what keeps him in the starboard range. He's my RB 16 this week. And like I said, if there's no Juba Hubbard, then Deonta Foreman will be moved above him.
0: Yeah. Um, and for the receivers, I think, I mean, if Mike Evans plays, and you're starting Mike Evans.
1: Yeah, Mike, Mike Evans is going to play and he's a must start.
0: Yeah. And Chris Goblin, he hasn't scored like at all no here.
1: no he has not scored.
0: but he's giving you he's not giving you chris goblin like numbers but at least he's giving you double digits um since coming back from the injury that he suffered in week one against dallas mm-hmm. so that's something and he's been a, know, he's
1: been very flory he hasn't hit that ceiling yet i like he's
0: not He's caught six or seven balls in every single game since coming back from that Correct. injury.
1: Correct. And he's had double digit targets in all of them, I believe, except for
0: one. Yep, yeah, and that was uh, the game against Atlanta.
1: Right. Right. I, I'm still on the train that Chris Godwin is one of the best by-lows in fantasy right now. I'm still very much all in on that, especially in full-point PPR, if you can get him. Um, but he's a, he's a mid-range wide receiver, too. I would play him.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like this, this is the kind of game that I don't know. I feel like you would, he would get the ball in this game because I feel like um, like Tariq Woolen is probably going to be on Mike Evans in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, this might be good for, for guys like Chris Goblin and well, maybe even like Kate Otten at tight end.
1: We got to talk about Kate Otten too. Um, I was a little early in my Kate Otten call, um, but with the the whole touchdown thing that Godwin is due Evans is due Evans hasn't scored
0: since week four yeah Evans too he's due it's, just, it's weird though with Evan Evans is a is less noticeable I guess because he's putting up a lot of yards he it's the complete opposite of what he was last year last year he had
1: the 14 receiving touchdowns he barely had over a thousand yards this year he's on pace to shatter a thousand yards but he doesn't have the same amount of touchdowns I did last year so the, the regression numbers have kind of worked themselves out where he had that obvious touchdown regression that we were calling for during the off season, but the yardage numbers are also being affected by positive regression. So it's a good thing, but obviously you, 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 want the touchdowns. He just hasn't, he hasn't been that monster monster play yet, but he's been super safe. He's been super yep. safe. That's all you can ask for. He has not been, he has not been super volatile, which is good. He's had only two really down games. The rest have been really, really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe three. I guess if we want to count the New Orleans game, but he got he got kicked out of that game, so I guess okay, you can sure. kind of sure do that. I, I, I would count that. And then he didn't do great against Pittsburgh. And then last week against the mm-hmm. Rams.
1: Yeah, those were the those were the two: the Pittsburgh game and then the Rams game. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Tom Brady, the guy that obviously you know people are you know, concerned about what do you do with Brady? What do you do with Brady? Do you start him? Uh, he's, he, he's a, he is my QB 12 this week. He is my QB 12. Um, If there are just looking at some of the waiver quarterbacks that you could have picked up this week, uh Justin Fields, I would rather start over him. Geno Smith, I'd rather start over him. Kirk Cousins, I'd rather start over him. If Dak was dropped, I'd rather start Dak over him. And I quite shockingly, to be honest, I, I was kind of stunned when I ran the, ran the numbers of what I expected. From Jimmy Garoppolo this week, I I do expect Jimmy Garoppolo to have a nice week at home Sunday night versus the Chargers. I have Garoppolo ahead of Brady. I would start Garoppolo over Brady this week.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, but Brady Brady's a fine start. Like I would start Brady over Lawrence. I would start Brady over Daniel Jones. I would start Brady over Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Mariota. So Brady Brady's a, he's a borderline QB one.
0: Although it's kind of ironic though that you would. Start uh, Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady in fantasy. Yeah, it's it is funny, just because of the whole history and everything like yes. that.
1: Yes. Um, and then with Kate Otten, he he's a low end tight end one this week for me. Wow. He's a he's a low end tight end one. The Seahawks concede the most fantasy points to the tight end position. They allowed Zach to score last week, so. I'm really, really liking the conditions that Kate Otten could potentially score for the Bucks again this week. It looks like he's finally gaining the trust of Brady a little bit, and we all know how much Brady loves to throw to the tight ends. I'm I'm really, really liking Kate Otten this week. They, the, the, the Seahawks, like I said, they allowed a touchdown to Zach Ertz last week, and if before they allowed the touchdown to Zach Ertz, they've been pretty much allowing 60 yards to, to tight ends, so... I could see a game where Kate Otten has four for fifty and a touchdown. Pretty much, pretty much is pretty similar to what uh, Zach Ertz had last week uh, versus the Seahawks. So,
0: yeah, yep. I like Otten as a low end tight end one. Actually, Arizona is the uh, worst team against tight ends. Seattle oh, is Arizona worst. now. C- Seattle's the second worst.
1: Okay, yeah, last week, last week Seattle was the worst. So, I don't know how that changed, but hey.
0: I don't know. I guess no fan had a big enough day that they were like, we're going to change this. I guess so. Um, moving on to Seattle, though. Are you starting, Gino, in this yes. game?
1: Yes, I would start him.
0: You're obviously starting Kenneth Walker. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a given.
1: Yes. Do I have Walker higher or lower than I did last week? I have him, I have him lower this week by one. I, I have Walker as my RB10 this week. Interesting. Because I'm I'm loving Damian Pierce in his matchup against the Giants. That that prompted me to move up Pierce a little bit over yeah, Walker. The, but Walker, but Walker's fine. Walker's completely fine. I, I'm I'm loving Walker. I think he scores against against Tampa. They have been absolutely gashed by the run.
0: Yeah, I like him. I like him in this one too. Because he, I mean, he, he just scores touchdowns. That's just what he does. He mm-hmm. scores so many touchdowns. Yes, he does. If all else fails, he scores. Yes. What about the receivers?
1: I like them both. Uh, I like them both this week. I like Lockett a lot. I like Metcalf a lot. Metcalf my wide receiver 13. Lockett my wide receiver 16 and full point PPR. Starting both.
0: There you go. Um, Noah Fant or Will Disley. Um,
1: let me see where I have I have Fant as my tight end 18. Will Disley is my tight end 23. So neither one is on the is on the startable radar for me. Fant in deeper league, sure, if you have if you have bi week issues.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they, I just noticed this. They still have Greg Olson as a as a Seattle Seahawk. Jeez, that is that is hilarious. In the, in ESPN Fantasy, they still have Greg Olson as a Seahawk. He is quite retired. And I'm
1: pretty sure they still have Eli Manning as a Giant.
0: I think they do still have Eli Manning, but that that's besides the point. It was it was like that last year. I do know that. Because that was a fun tangent that we went on, seeing all the retired players that they still have in mm-hmm. ESPN, uh, in ESPN fantasy. But uh, and how little they
1: update their their database.
0: They really don't. But that's a discussion for another day. Save it for the off season when we actually need stuff to talk about. Correct. Next up into the one o'clock slate, Minnesota heading to Buffalo. Minnesota. Wanna start with with your boy? Who's my boy? You know, Josh Allen. Oh, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, there's something to talk about there. I have plenty of Josh Allen news. I've been asking. Um, <laughs> so of course, Josh Allen dealing with the elbow injury as a result from the absolute Attempted murder that was put on him by the New York Jets last week. Absolutely, absolutely criminal, absolutely disgusting. Everyone, everyone in the New York Jets should be arrested and charged. Um, Sean McDermott did say that Josh Allen is day to day. Uh, This is an interesting, an interesting injury because they're not sure if it's actually a sprain to the UCL or is a sprain to the nerves around the UCL, which is basically like consistently hitting your funny bum. So it's quite uncomfortable. Um, but just speaking to um, several medical professionals this week and just asking about it and saying, you know, what's the deal with this injury? Is it a long-term thing? Um, Is it a short-term thing? You know, what's kind of the course of action with this one. And there really is a wide range of outcomes with this that Josh Allen can play. He can throw, he can change the way he throws to alleviate pressure on the UCL, which there would be no difference to him and he could be fine. Um, Buffalo could take the careful approach and sit him for a week. And we can have a case Keenan revenge game against the Vikings at home.
0: A case Uh, Keenan Stefan Diggs revenge game.
1: Yes. Yes. So that's absolutely, absolutely within reason. Um, And uh, honestly, one that I kind of expect if I'm being honest, that the bills just kind of take it easy with, with Josh Allen. Um, And then, the Other part of this, which is the doomsday scenario with this, is that Josh Allen could be hit again, take take even more damage to the UCL, and we have a situation where Josh Allen may tear his UCL, which would be catastrophic.
0: Which means he would need what he would need Tommy John surgery, probably. Correct, which would be yeah. which would be absolutely catastrophic. But
1: because he'd seen- be out for like two years. We've seen this injury in the past where quarterbacks have sprained their UCL and they have been fine. They have played a week later. They've played two weeks later. We saw it with Carson Palmer. He had the same injury, continued to play, and was completely fine. We saw it with Nick Mullins, had the same injury, played, was completely fine. I expect Josh Allen to be fine as long as the scans come back. There are no tears or anything like that. I expect Josh Allen to be fine. The question really right now is not about whether or not Josh Allen is going to be available for later on in the season. Yes, that's a question because we don't really know what what the status of the elbow is necessarily. But really the question right now, the more pertinent question is how long is he going to be out for? But when is he going to return? I would make a bet and this is what a lot of the people that I talk to that actually have more PhDs than I do have all said and that's basically that Josh Allen that he, he could with this injury miss a week or two and probably come back and be fine
0: yeah and the, the thing also even if you do throw i mean listen i'm not a doctor i'm not a medical professional i don't i'm not an orthopedic surgeon but i feel like even if you do try and adjust your arm angle you're still putting you're still putting like straight like strain on the UCL like throwing the ball like throwing the ball like that and throwing it with that with the velocity that you throw a football and the and that sort of thing and also sure. you you put the risk of getting hit like you said sure but the counter to that is the throw immediately after he he hurt
1: the elbow was the, it was, a bu- was yes. the longest air throw in the NFL in the last 6 years a 69, 69 yard ball through the air to Gabe Davis. So that's true. There's also that, um, but, and this is also what I've said. I don't want to spend too much, uh, too much time on this, you know, even more because we have a lot more to get to, but the injury here is more impactful. Let's say if it was a pitcher because of the way that, the, that they have to throw the ball, the angle in which pitchers throw the ball, than it is with a quarterback because you can adjust how you throw the ball, where your release is, to alleviate strain and pressure on that UCL is basically what I was told. So you you could change how you throw the ball to make it a lot easier on your elbow. If you're, if you're Josh Allen, but if I had to put money on this, which I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would say that Josh Allen probably misses a week, but tell that to Josh Allen.
0: Yeah. I mean also coming off of the off of the game that they had that they came off of I feel like Josh Allen would not want to sit at all Correct. this week.
1: That that's exactly how I feel.
0: But you know at some point it's like you could you have to you have to weigh the the opportunity cost of um you know risking further injury and also like does Case Keenum give you uh, some sort of opportunity to win or be competitive in this game.
1: Big picture. Big yeah. picture is the way Buffalo has to look at this, because yep. if they play, if they play Josh Allen and something happens to Josh Allen's elbow where he he hurts it even more, you're talking about even more timeout and potentially the Bill season being on the brink.
0: Yeah, and that's the the difference between also being a quarterback with this injury and also being and being a pitcher. Baseball is not really a contact sport. So you're not you're not worrying about, you know, some stray defender hitting you in the head, like with his helmet hitting you in the elbow and then tearing your UCL. I mean, you know, that's what happened with Brees Hall and his ACL. Mm -hmm. You know, a defender hit him in the knee and it tore up his knee. Right. And season over. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing you got away. Those are the options you got away if you're Buffalo. Right, right. So, and especially with how Josh Allen runs, as well, and how like if this was Tom Brady, I'd be like, yeah, he could play with that because Tom Brady doesn't run at all, and if he runs, he slides. Josh Allen does not slide. See, I actually kind of disagree with that. I actually think that helps Josh Allen
1: a little bit more that he could be more versatile, use his legs, not have to throw as much, but can still be a contributing factor with those legs. Yeah, it, it does it put the does it put his elbow in a compromising position. Sure, it does, but you're not necessarily putting strain on it from throwing the ball. You're putting it more in a position where, yeah, it could, it could take a bit more hard contact. It'd be more of a contact thing than it is necessarily a a strain or a tear. Because you're not going to tear you, your UCL running the ball.
0: Yeah, unless somebody hits you, which is
1: yeah. Well, even even then,
0: so you get hit with the crown
1: of the helmet on the elbow. I, I, I don't think it's going to be. It's going to result in you tearing your UCL.
0: I mean, you might wear. A bra- you'll probably wear a brace or something on it, also.
1: <sighs> Maybe. I don't even know.
0: Maybe is that, is that what you do? Like I said, not a doctor.
1: I don't know. I I would think it it would just restrict him from from throwing the ball personally.
0: Probably. That's how
1: I look at it, but I'm not a doctor. So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, players wear knee braces all the time. It doesn't, doesn't really uh, restrict them from, uh, from moving or anything like that.
1: Well, well, one is cutting. The other one is throwing the ball downfield as much as you possibly can. And this is a quarterback that throws the ball further
0: than another quarterback in the league. Yeah. Well, anyway, we could just talk about this forever, but yeah. how does this affect the Bills as a whole? Like, you know, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, uh, Devin Singletary. If, if there's no, if there is
1: no Josh Allen, the only bill that I'm willing to start is Stephon Diggs, but Diggs would take a little bit of a hit. he no, would probably got
0: chemistry with Case Keenum.
1: Yeah, but he, he would probably, I have him as my wide receiver too. If it is Case Keenum, I would probably move digs down to maybe my, my, my wide receiver five or six um, with Cooper cup, Jefferson and Adams moving up. Um, but he would still, he would still be a locked and loaded play. I think he would get fed um, pretty consistently uh, single Terry. I would like, because I think they would want to have a more balanced offensive approach where I think he gets more looks in this game. So I would like Singletary a bit more. Um, I would not like Gabe Davis because I'm out on Gabe Davis. I was never in on Gabe Davis, um, but I understand people may have to play him. That's fine. I'm just out on that. Uh, and Dawson Knox, I'm probably out on that too, um, but I understand that people have bi-week issues and they may have to stream Dawson Knox, and I think it would be kind of okay. Um, but then again, you know, like I said, it, it, it's going – you're relying on Case Keenum. So we'll see. We'll see. but. Like I said, the only bill that I would unconditionally trust would be would be Diggs. And I would trust Singletary. If Josh Allen does play, uh Singletary gets a bit of a downgrade, but he's still in the flex range. Uh Davis is still a wide receiver three. Diggs stays at wide receiver two, and Knox becomes a streamable option at tight end.
0: Cool. Uh, the only injury thing for the Vikings is Adam Thielen limited in practice on Wednesday with the ankle, but he played last week. Yeah, he's so. going to play. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's he's going to play this week. He
0: uh, the 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 ankle
1: is not my biggest worry with Thielen.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's the the usage.
1: Uh yes, that now he is looking like that he is the fourth option in that offense.
0: Wait, the for- oh Dalvin Cook, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Dal- yeah. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, TJ Hawkinson, Adam Thielen. Correct. Probably in that in that order. Yep. I would think.
1: Yep. Uh you start cousins. You could stream him. He's fine. Uh Dalvin Cook, you're obviously playing. You're obviously playing Justin Jefferson. Uh Thielen. Thielen, I I, I honestly would probably sit him. He's a low end wide receiver three for me. Um, I, I debated Pickens and Nicole Hardman over him. Uh, I'm closer with Miko Hardman. He's my wide receiver thirty six. I'm closer with Miko Hardman to putting him over Adam Thielen just because Hardman has scored in three straight weeks, um, and he has a good matchup versus Jacksonville at home.
0: Yeah, Miko Hardman's been putting like putting together like a sneaky good
1: season. Yeah, in a contract in a contract year, look, he's playing for his cash. Um, oh, look at that! Who would have thought? Yep, and and Hawkinson. Listen, I I love the usage that Hawkinson got last week. Uh, I would expect that it's going to happen again, caught all nine of his balls for 70 yards. I like Hawkinson a lot this week, and I think he started him as a top five play.
0: All right, cool, cool. Next up here, the uh, Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. The real story for this is the running back situation in Detroit. It's got to be, and it has been for the past couple of weeks but we're going to keep talking about it just because a lot of people, it's not just me because I own both of them. I have, I'm a manager of both the Swift and Jamal Williams. A lot of people are very concerned about this backfield.
1: Sure. But there, there is something else I want to talk about before, before we talk about the backfield, that's Jared Goff. And he's a very popular streaming candidate this week. Um, I just want to point out the numbers that Jared Goff has on the road this year. Week three at Minnesota, he completed 25 balls on 41 dropbacks, 277 yards, a touchdown, a pick, 14.9 fantasy points. He finishes the QB 18. Week five at New England, completed 19 balls and 35 dropbacks, 229 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, 6.9, finished as the QB 29. Week seven versus Dallas completed 21 balls on 26 dropbacks, did not throw a touchdown, had two picks on 228 passing yards, 3.5 points, finished as the QB 28. There is a massive home-road split with Jared Goff. If you can avoid it, I would sit Goff this week, just because of those home-road splits that are obvious that jump off of the page I am urging, urging, urging everybody that's listening to this podcast. If Aaron Rodgers is available on your waiver wire, which he may be, please, for the love of God, pick up Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is starting a quarter, starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He is also part-time owner of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: That's very accurate.
1: Pick him up. I know, I know that all is not rosy in Packerland right now. I understand, but guess what? I would much rather take the chance on Aaron Rodgers at home at Lambeau against a team that he has owned in his career versus Jared Goff, who has terrible home road splits and is on a bad football team. Go Rodgers over Goff.
0: Aaron Rodgers is owned in 82.1% of ESPN leagues.
1: That's fascinating. Because I think I've I've probably seen him in about out of 19 leagues, I think he's available in about eight. Wow. Yeah. All of them single quarterback, obviously.
0: Yes. But it's true though. You know, I actually uh last night I watched that the Matt Flynn comeback that I'm sure you're you're well aware of. That was a fun one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was fantastic. Uh, but the the running back situation now with with Swift and Williams, now, Dan Campbell has just said they're going to work DeAndre Swift back slowly, and this is kind of the nature of, this, of the beast now. Um, obviously, keep an eye on the practice reports with with Jamal Williams. If he continues to sit and he does not practice, then obviously this is good news for DeAndre Swift. But I would expect Jamal Williams to play. I would expect Jamal Williams to get the the continued uh, low continued bulk of, of the work here. And this
0: is another thing actually. So I don't know if it's an ESPN problem or like a information thing, but I'm not seeing anything for Jamal Williams on the uh, injury reports.
1: Uh, I saw that he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Let me just have a look, unless that was someone else that I saw. Yeah. He was not spotted at practice on Wednesday.
0: Huh? okay
1: yeah not spotted maybe he wasn't listed on the injury report maybe it was an excused absence or, or something but he would have popped up as as a personal as a personal or, or whatever so you know that he was not spotted so i I, I wasn't smoking crack or anything um
0: but okay i was but, i was making sure because i yeah. i was like i don't know i didn't see anything like that so
1: yeah but honestly you know. but honestly adam to answer the answer your question in short I think you kind of have to start both of them. If you if you have Jamal, Williams, if you have DeAndre Swift, I hope you have Jamal Williams, and I think I would probably start both of them. It just depends on um, what your options are, who you have as as better options. Like obviously, if you're down, like I know, I know you, Adam. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm
0: down, Joe Mixon.
1: Right, you're down. Da- you're down, Joe Mixon. This week, I would probably start both of them. I am. I would start both of them and you know, get the, get, hopefully get the touchdowns with Williams or Swift and get the receiving yards with, with, with Swift and just take all the, all the yards that you get out of the lines backfield, which I mean, to be, to be fair, I mean, the Chicago, the Chicago bears backfield just bleeds points to running backs. I mean, they've allowed a touchdown to running back now, I think in the last four weeks in a row, I want to say, I know they've uh, to-
0: since week five. They didn't allow they've allowed a touchdown in every game except for week one against San Francisco for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh week four against the Giants.
1: Okay. So they they bleed points to the running backs. Yeah, they allow the six most points to the running back position. And they've yeah. allowed they've allowed, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. They've had five games of over a hundred rushing yards. So yeah, I would I would say you start both of them. I Would say you start both of them. Uh, and then you're gonna start amon St. Brown, and you're gonna keep an eye on Josh Reynolds. I actually would consider Josh Reynolds in, in 12 team and deeper leagues if in three receivers, if if you need, if he plays, if he doesn't play, I'm not starting another uh lions receiver. I don't care if TJ Chark plays, I don't care if Khalif Raymond is in. Um, I would not start anybody else. The two guys that I would be starting from the Lions in terms of pass catchers would be Amon Ross St. Brown for sure. And then Josh Reynolds in 12-team deeper, three receiver leagues if he plays.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know who's the tight end now in Uh, Detroit. Brock Wright. Brock Wright. So I assume you're not starting him either.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Good to know we're on the same page there. Uh, Chicago. So Justin Fields, obviously, I think for this one, is a a pretty solid start. Just going off of what he did last week. My
1: QB6 this week, I can't believe I'm saying it. Wow. Yeah. How, how how the mighty have risen. That, that's
0: fantasy for you.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's my QB six. He's a must start. He's a must start. We, we, we talked about it in the offseason with Trey Lance. We talked about it at points this year with Marcus Mariota. We talked about it at some points this year with Malik Willis. It's the rushing floor that he is going to give you that even if, even if Justin Fields does not have the best passing day in the world and Let's just look at what he did last week. Let's look at what he's done the last four weeks, right? He has not thrown over 200 yards in every game. He has thrown less than 200 yards in every game, minus one. But in the last four games, Justin Fields has had over 60 yards rushing, three of the last four. He's at 80 yards rushing three of the last four. He's at at least a rushing touchdown. That is as stable of a floor as you are going to find in fantasy when it comes to the rushing quarterbacks right now. Now, do I expect the Justin Fields letdown is coming? Yes. Yes, I do. Because teams are going to figure this out eventually. I always say this when it comes to the, the, the rushing quarterbacks that are that are strictly rushing quarterbacks. Teams figure these guys out because the way you stop this is you put a spy on them and bam. That's the way that's the way you kind of you kind of freeze that. But what I will say is that Justin Fields has done a great job of disguising it, his option plays, trying to figure out, trying to throw defenses off. He's done he's done really really good at that he's made improvements and that's what I think a lot of teams a lot of people have wanted to see from the Bears is are they going to improve and even bad teams improve so the Bears have looked they even though they've lost pretty I mean I, I, would, I don't even know if I would say that they, you would expect them to win against Dallas and, and and Miami they've looked competent the last three weeks 33 points versus New England 29 points versus Dallas, 32 points versus Miami. They've looked competent and we're getting to a point now where you could possibly say that the bears rushers might be safe fantasy plays like Justin Fields. Obviously you're starting David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. I would give Montgomery a look as an, a low-end RB2, I like it more as a flex. Yeah. Because Detroit. And... Detroit just sucks against the run.
0: Yes. And the Bears are averaging almost 200 yards rushing per game. Right.
1: Right. I I would imagine that Montgomery probably scores in this game. We, we talk about David Montgomery all the time and what he does against bad teams. He devours bad teams. So this could be a classic David Montgomery, shatter the glass ceiling kind of game. But – I could also see David Montgomery getting 10 carries for 50 yards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's and also
1: there, entirely plausible.
0: Yes. Are you starting anybody else for the Bears? Like Darnell Mooney or Cole? I would Komet? consider
1: Darnell Mooney in, in 12 team leagues. Yeah, I would consider it.
0: What about Cole Komet?
1: Nah, do it again. Do it, do again. it again. Do it again with do it again with Cole Komet. Darnell Mooney is my wide receiver twenty-five, so he's a high, he's a high end wide receiver three. So 10 team leagues with three receivers, you're starting three receivers. He's startable. 12 team leagues, he's absolutely startable.
0: All right. Cool. Next up, Jacksonville going to Arrowhead, Kansas City. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's I I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is gonna get devoured in this game. Probably. High end
1: QB, high-end QB two, just because I expect I expect Trevor Lawrence to drop back 50-60 times. So I would say high-end QB two just based on volume and volume alone.
0: Yeah, and obviously you're starting ETN just because yep. he's he's the guy in that backfield. Yes. yep, must start. Um, and I guess just extrapolating based on what you said from a volume perspective for Lawrence, uh, Christian Kirk, you think you'd be getting a lot of those targets?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think he takes advantage of a very prone Kansas City secondary. Uh, my wide receiver fifteen this week. He's a uh, high-end wide
0: receiver too. start. Um, and Evan Ingram is questionable, but uh, just mm-hmm. monitor your injury reports. And seeing if he's playing or not. So yeah,
1: Yeah. he's a low, he's a low-end tight end one. I'd rather start Kate Otten over him.
0: But yep, he's startable. Um, okay, Patrick Mahomes obviously starting. Um, and then the the running backs was Clyde dropped in the guillotine? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I dropped him. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Why would you do that? (laughs) Who's he playing over?
1: He's not playing over Jeff Wilson. He's not playing over Jamal Williams. He's not playing over Damian Pierce. He's not playing over Austin Eckler.
0: That's true. But I still, have no use for him.
1: He's useless. I, I honestly, I'd be sitting both Kansas City running backs. I don't care how juicy the matchup is. They, they, they just, they just both of them have just been absolutely useless. You can't start either one of them.
0: Uh, any receipt? Well, Michael Hartman, if he plays, if he was, I think he was either limited or sat out practice with uh, ab- abdominal soreness.
1: Low-end wide receiver three, definitely a dart throw, but one that you rationally could go ahead and do.
0: Yeah, if you're desperate.
1: I wouldn't even say desperate. I I think there's some logic behind it. I think there's some level of logic behind it. But then again, can the floor fall out? Absolutely, it can.
0: That's the thing with these really volatile guys is that, yeah, yeah, the highs are great, but the lows just – sometimes the lows aren't worth it. Yeah, he's super, super volatile. And that's the thing with fantasy. One yeah. of the first – one of the Ten Commandments of fantasy football is uh, minimize volatility.
1: Yep, minimize risk. Yep, And Miko Hardman is very, very risky. Who is not very, very risky is Juju Smith-Schuster. His floor continues to just be excellent. He is a wide receiver, two for me this week. I'd be starting him across the board – than any other Kansas City receiver, MVS, probably not. I continue to hold Kadarius Toney. I think they're going to keep on working him back into the fold. I wonder if eventually he does take that Nicole Hardman role. Well,
0: but they the traded for him for a reason.
1: Right. In the meantime, continue to hold Kadarius Tony. He's not a start yet. And that guy, Travis Kelsey, obviously, you're going to go ahead and start.
0: Yeah. You know, I've never actually heard of uh, that guy before this game. Neither am I. He actually went to my brother-in-law's alma mater, Cincinnati. Go Bearcats. Yes, he did. Yes, he, did. He, has also so, won me.
1: he has also won me so much money, it's absolutely stupid. <laughs> uh, I Travis love that guy. I love that guy. He's that guy.
0: He fantastic.
1: Yes, he is. He could sit at my dinner table anytime.
0: Yeah, he, he's great. Big fan. Big fan of Travis Kelsey. Next game up, Cleveland- Going to south, going to the south of Florida for the Miami Dolphins. This game could also be a weather, weather impacted. Very much so, for sure. We know how shitty the turf can get in Miami. Ask Richard Todd, who played in the 1982 AFC Championship game, how bad the field conditions can get in Miami. It's Correct. the same stadium. The,
1: the, the storm, the storm should be out of there by then. But the question is, and I agree with you, Adam, is what condition is the field
0: going to be in? Yeah. Is uh the universe is like are the canes playing on Saturday in Miami or are they playing on the road? Do you know? Uh give me a minute, I'll look it up. Because I mean that could also impact what the field conditions are like.
1: They are playing away. Okay. They are playing away.
0: So, I mean, that's that's good, I guess. But yeah, still that is good. Still, though, like, you know, really this could be a game where where running the football could be could reign supreme just because of the field conditions, and um, just if you see the weather report for Miami and you see that's still going to be like muggy and the field conditions are going to be wet, don't be surprised if Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Amari Cooper don't do what you expect them to do.
1: It's calling for 80, 82 and sunny, so uh, the, the the only question I'm going to have is is you know what the humidity is kind of at. Um, but with that being said, I would not start Jacoby Brissett. Not a chance. Obviously, you're starting Nick Chubb. You don't need me to tell you that. I don't think you need add to tell you that either. Um, Kareem Hunt is a low-end flex in PPR. It's kind of about it. Uh, Amari Cooper, I would start. I, I would start Amari Cooper. I, I'm actually very impressed with what he's done, but Jacoby Brissett, I think they have a really, really good understanding of each other. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I would not be starting. And depending on the availability of David Njoku, who did not practice on Wednesday, uh, keep an eye out for that information. When it becomes available, there was a report out on Monday that said Njoku was going to give it a go on Sunday. If he does play, I would say Njoku is definitely a startable tight end that you can go ahead and play. And my only question is going to be, is he going to be limited in any way, which I don't think he would be. But if he is, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: All right. Um, Tua, you're starting in yep. this game. Yeah, um, I actually I actually think Tua is like a QB4 this week, I want to say. Yeah, he's my QB4. He, Yeah, he's having quietly like a really good season. 15 touchdowns to, th- to only three interceptions, just under 2,000 yards. So good for well, him. Well, it helps when you have uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's for sure. That is very true. Um, are you starting Wilson over Mostert in this game?
1: Yeah, this is a very interesting one because I did not see Jeff Wilson having this much of an impact this quickly to the point where we're talking about Jeff Wilson potentially stealing this job right away. I did not see this coming. Um, this is such a tricky one because I, I love the matchup. Well, also lot. it's only been
0: a w- it's only been a week, so right. it's like you can't really there's not enough data there. To really tell you if the if the job is firmly Jeff Wilson's, exactly right,
1: exactly right. But Jeff Wilson also doesn't need an acclamation period because
0: it's the same offense that he
1: was in in San Francisco. It's basically the same, as evidenced by the amount the, the huge role that he had last week. Um, where do I have Wilson and Mostert? So I have Wilson at twenty five. I have Mostert at twenty six. So I have them back to back. They're high end flex plays. I mean, you could start them. You could start them. It's risky. The matchup is good. Conditions call for a good rushing day from the Dolphins. I'm also enthused that Wilson was the guy who got the touchdown last week. Oh, and Mostert scored too, didn't he? I? I believe Mostert, Mostert scored. As well. Yes, he did. All right, so they, they both scored. Um, But Wilson did get more touches than most. I do know that. Um, But I will say that I don't know who the guy is right. Uh, right now. I think it would be Wilson, but I'm not sure. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they were to go right back to most. So sit them if you can. But if I had to play one, I'd play Wilson.
0: Yep. And Cleveland is one of the worst. Teams against running backs, as far as yeah, they are dreadful against running backs. Um, they allowed their Monday night game against Cincinnati, broke a streak of allowing a four game streak of allowing two touchdowns or two rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah, not great, not great stuff. And my
1: and Miami's offense is a fantasy gold mine.
0: Yep, they're humming along for sure. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, you're starting Hill and Waddle, and you're, yes. I I don't know, Kasicki, whatever, at this point. Uh,
1: He's a mid-range tight end, too, to be honest. So, again, very unexciting.
0: Yep. All right. Next up, Houston going to MetLife to uh, play the New York Giants. This is very easy. I'll I'll keep this
1: very brief with the Texans. The only guy that you are starting is Damian Pierce. Yep. That's it. I don't care if Brandon Cooks plays. The only guy I also do
0: care
1: is Damian Pierce.
0: Yeah, because the offense is Damian Pierce. That's it.
1: I would say, I would say though, Chris Moore is a stash because he was the guy last week with no Nico Collins and no Brandon Cooks. But if Nico Collins is back, Chris Moore is useless. And yeah. maybe Nico Collins becomes a stash. Maybe. But Pierce
0: right now is the only guy in Houston that I'm willing to start. And for the Giants, I feel like. You like your guys that are not receivers in this game. Uh yeah, Daniel Jones is is streamable, and
1: Saquon Barkley is a smash play. So, also,
0: ball. Giants defense. Um, we aren't. Really, we didn't really talk about defenses all that much so far.
1: No, we haven't. T- we haven't talked much about them. The Giants defense, sure. And let me just see where I have them in my ranks. They're a top 10 play. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. They're fine. But I, I also love Pierce this week, so it's hard for me to be all in on the Giants uh, defensively. But with Davis Mills and, and how beaten up that offensive line is, there's a the potential there for sacks. So, yeah. Yeah. as uh, well, a, a top 10 play. I, I not
0: just sacks, it. but also turnovers. I mean, the Giants are also the fifth best team against the run. Like, a, mm-hmm. as far as fantasy points. Yep. they so, love the
1: fifth fewest points to running backs, I believe.
0: Yes. Yep. So that's something to uh, keep in mind there. Uh, next up, let's go with New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's going to be, I guess it's going to be the Andy Dalton show going forward. Yeah, looking like it. James has been healthy for like three weeks now, and it's still the Andy Dalton show.
1: That's yeah, a, a mystery to me, given how bad Andy, Andy Dalton looked on Monday Night Football. But I mean, what do I know? Pittsburgh allowed the most points to opposing quarterbacks. So Andy Dalton could be a sneaky stream. I only have my QB 19. I'm just not I'm not in the talent, to be quite honest. Um, but is it entirely possible that, that he dumps one off to Alvin Kamara and he takes one to the house? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Oh, wait, maybe not because I'm not playing out, Al- I'm not going up against Alvin Kamara this week. So he probably won't score. Alvin Kamara only scores when he plays me. So, you know, is what it is.
0: Is what it is. I mean, I don't know. Alvin Kamara is still good, like, you're still starting him. Like he's yeah. a- the Steelers are, sus- are susceptible to uh this kind of like this is kind of a it's not a get right game because the saints are bad but it's like a game where the saints can kind of like flex their muscles a little bit yeah you start you start Kamara but don't expect him to score because I'm
1: not facing Kamara this week anyway so he's not gonna score does that rule apply to Chris Olave I would be starting Olave yeah I'd be starting I don't think so
0: so let's do it um on the other on the other end we haven't uh, talked about Najee Harris in a while. All right, what's the, what's, what has there
1: been to talk about?
0: That's also true because, I mean, the Steelers have been on bye also. <laughs> so that's probably another factor as to why we haven't talked about him.
1: I mean, it's just been a complete fall from grace for, for, for Najee Harris. And I mean, he, he's going to be basically in a timeshare now with, with, with Jalen Warren. Um, so going forward. Uh, Najee Harris at this point is kind of just uh he's kind of a flex level guy, if if I'm being really honest, and I mean that 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 sucks, considering this is a guy that you took in the first round of drafts. But I mean, this is just kind of where we're at now with 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 Najee. He just hasn't he hasn't been that
0: good. He hasn't hasn't scored he hasn't scored fifteen full point BPR points all season,
1: Right. right? And he hasn't
0: scored a touchdown since week three. Against Cleveland, mm-hmm. you,
1: you need something to happen to Jalen Warren. Our rushing or touchdown.
0: To He's need he something scored, to, had... to
1: Najee. You need something to happen to Jalen Warren. I think now for this backfield to be inhabitable.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: so I uh, I would I would sit Najee.
0: Okay. Uh, what about the receivers? Now this is a this is a new new look receiving core now, and there are some some spots open, some targets open with Chase Claypool being traded to the bears.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There definitely are are available targets here. I I still have, I'm still low on the, on the Steelers receivers. I know that uh, the consensus is um, pretty low on them as well. I have Deontay Johnson this week as my wide receiver, 33 George Pickens. I have as my wide receiver, 37. So they're basic they're basically middle of the road wide receiver threes. It's kind of where they're at now. Um, and then really the guy that I think is is the more noteworthy uh start here for the Steelers is Pat Fryermouth, who is by tight end six this week. So I would be starting Pat Fryermuth. Yep. But
0: bear in mind, surprisingly, the New Orleans Saints. Are allowed the fewest points to tight ends, but did allow a touchdown last week to Isaiah Likely. Yes, that was their first touchdown to a tight end that they allowed all season. Yep, just because Isaiah Likely is that good. But Kenny Pickett does love
1: himself some Fryman. Yep, absolutely. And start and start the Saints defense.
0: Yes, that too. Uh, last game in the one o'clock slate the early games, Denver going to Tennessee surprise inactive for Ryan Tannehill. I think the expect the expectation from a lot of people was that he was going to play on Sunday against Kansas city, but ended up being um, Malik Willis coming in. So I don't know what the situation is going to be for, for this week at home against Denver, but I, yeah, just, really monitoring injury reports for that for sure
1: it's looking like another game time for Tannehill, unless unless something changes
0: yeah well i mean i guess it'll be easier this week because they're not traveling you know the game's right. at home so um yeah one that's... o'clock
1: start too so so you'll know but honestly you're not starting either one of them
0: yeah i mean really the guy the, the only guy that you're starting in this game from the titans is derrick henry uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's fine, I guess. Yeah, he's he's okay, he's all right, pretty mediocre, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, yeah, very, very mediocre. I mean, the guy's just had uh 100 yards rushing in every game since week four. Uh, he's had a touchdown in every game this year, minus two. Yeah, he's he's
0: he's fine. Yeah,
1: he's he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, you start him, and I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, I don't want to, you know, go back and, and talk about it. I know we talked about this during the offseason, but the disrespect that was coming into this year for Derek Henry, my God! And it's like, what do people? What, what are people like? when people are shocked? He's their whole offense. Yeah. Like, why is this a surprise? Like, for fuck's I think it's sake! Coming from I people that through just an entire podcast without swearing.
0: <laughs> That's harder for me than it is for you.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we talk about Derrick Henry. I get all, all all riled up. The uh, the the, the water rhinoceros
0: himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I they, think- they're, they're,
1: there's a joke. There's a joke that we have amongst the uh, the group that I watch watch the games with. That it takes a half hour for Derrick Henry to run ten yards, but it's so beautiful when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I, I I absolutely love him. The human rain delay, Derrick Henry. Oh, he's amazing. He is just amazing.
0: Honestly, I think the Derrick Henry discourse is really just because of you see the usage, and it's any other player that's not Derrick Henry. You see that usage that he has that he's had over the past couple of years. You're like, this guy's legs are gonna fall off at some point. But because yeah. it's Derrick, because it's Derrick Henry, there he's fine. He's like, I I'm only growing stronger. Yep. Yep. And he still he still plausibly
1: has two maybe three years left where that he could still do this. I mean, with the heavy usage, maybe you expect the tires to fall off eventually, but I mean, this dude is just bigger and stronger than everybody else and you know, if he can win with size at the end of the day, size could take you a long way in the National Football League and Derrick Henry has proved that.
0: Plus, he's a late, he was a late bloomer. He so, was. Yeah, he was. He had to he was stuck behind DeMarco Murray, Cowboys legend. Eagles legend, DeMarco Murray. Yeah, Cowboys
1: legend, DeMarco Murray. Let's not like, let's like get that chick confused.
0: <laughs> Cowboys legend, DeMarco Murray for a couple of years where we thought that like he was like in danger of being cut. And then in 2018, he just burst onto the scene. Yeah, I
1: mean, but even in, tw- in 2018, he still had 215 carries, which when I mean, you look at 2019, look at 2020, 300 plus carries in both years. 2020, 378 carries, 2,000 yards he he really doesn't have a lot of tread on, on his tires, which, 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 which is great, which, which is fantastic. I mean, if we, hold on, let me just do, let me just do some, some quick, quick math here. So he has played 94 games and he's had 1500 carries. So let's just, Do this math. He basically, he basically averages for for his career. He is basically averaged in the range of two hundred and fifty carries a year for his career. For his career, which, quite honestly, I mean, we've seen running backs do a
0: lot worse. Yeah. That's pretty normal. Actually. It's very normal. It's very, very, very normal. Well, I think it's been, it's kind of skewed by two extremes where he didn't get a lot of carries in his early career. And then he got, and then he's getting like a lot of carries in his late career or mm-hmm. his prime now. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just two extremes. the meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, Sure. But that's that's another conversation for the off season when mm-hmm. everybody says Derek Henry's washed and he's finished and he's it's too much usage and his legs are gonna fall off and then he has another and then he breaks Eric Dickerson's record for rushing yards in the season. Yeah, exactly. So they and then he also breaks LT's record for rushing touchdowns as yeah. well at the same time. Yeah, and Adam, the exact number, if you if
1: you want to know, uh, he averages about two hundred twenty six carries a year.
0: 226 that's really not that that's pretty normal it's very normal so that's not that bad i think it's just the concentration of usage that's really the problem Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i would agree i would agree and and he's gonna have another season this is gonna be his fifth season in a row with double-digit rushing touchdowns yep incredible incredible
0: yeah i mean people talk about tom brady as like somebody who has like crazy career longevity Derrick Henry is, is getting there. Yeah, yeah, he is. But uh, for Denver, who do you like in the on this team? Uh, Jerry team. Judy
1: and Greg Dolchich.
0: Cool. That's that seems kind of enough. it.
1: That's kind of it.
0: Fun stuff. All right. I'm so excited to talk about this because it's bullshit. What's going on in Indianapolis. <laughs> it is legitimately bullshit what is going on in Indianapolis so Your in case fucking idiot in case you haven't heard in case you've been living under a rock Frank Reich has been fired by the Indianapolis Colts and the Colts decided to uh, literally phone a friend and bring in Jeff Saturday to be their interim head coach for the this only year.
1: candidate the only candidate
0: like yeah. what, what coaching search was done? There was no coaching search. There was no it coaching was, search. No, it was, it was the same day. It's that now. Usually it's the same day if the guy is already on the staff, but they brought in somebody from outside yep. and on the same day to be their interim head coach guy who was coaching high school football. Yep. When they have two guys who have been NFL head coaches on Frank Reich's coaching staff. In yep. John Fox and Gus Bradley. Yep. Granted, they were, well, John Fox did go to a Super Bowl. He went to two Super Bowls, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Gus Bradley was terrible in Jacksonville. But John Fox could have been something. He could have stabilized the ship. But for sure. No, Jim Marseille decided to go with his boy, Jeff Saturday, who Idiotic. could be great. Who could Idiotic. be great. But this is a terrible position to put him in.
1: And you know what? And you know what's crazy? I would make a bet that we have not seen the last of Matt Ryan. Well, if he's healthy. I think Matt Ryan may have a part to play in this because I genuinely don't know. Because Jeff Jeff Saturday said that this is not just an audition for the Colt job. It's an audition for 31 other teams. What puts him in the best position to win and Show off to other teams that he's head coaching material starting Sam Ellinger, who has looked awful, who has looked terrible, who has looked so bad, or Matt Ryan, who has looked awful, terrible, so bad, but is a veteran that you could stable this ship with.
0: Well, Matt Ryan, exactly because at least Matt Ryan has a floor.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly right idiotic dub decision i hope it works out for jeff saturday i really do but yeah this is uh all levels of bad and quite honestly unless jonathan taylor is playing which i don't know if that really means anything uh there's not an indianapolis cult that i'm willing to start and yeah that also that does include michael Pittman.
0: yeah this team just i don't even know
1: and we- i know the matchup is good but I don't trust that Sam Ellinger is going to be able to do the business. And that's what it comes down to. It does not come down to Michael Pittman. It comes down to Sam Ellinger being one of the worst quarterbacks I think I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are fan, there are Raiders fans hoping that they lose this game so they can get Josh McDaniels fired, which would also this, be hilarious. This, this could
1: be a fireable game. If the Raiders, if the Raiders lose this.
0: Although this is a uh, Colts revenge game against Josh Daniels. It is very much so. A GMRSA revenge so game. It's so fitting to
1: see the Colts win this game. Yeah. I don't know what the spread is on this game, but whatever it is, bet on it.
0: Uh, Looks like it's six points. That's it? Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I thought it was going to be a lot more than that.
0: I forget. Is minus, does minus mean that you're favorite, or plus mean that you're favored? Uh, minus. So it's uh, the Raiders are favored by sticks.
1: Okay, so they're six-point favorites. Okay. I thought it was going to yeah. be a little bit more than that, to be quite honest. But, okay. Um, and then for the Raiders, I would stream Derek Carr. I I, I would consider it as a top 15 option. Sure. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I expect a big bounce back from him. Devontae Adams, you're going to start him. And outside of that, if Darren Waller plays, then sure. But outside of that, I'm not starting Hunter Renfro. I'm not starting Mac Collins.
0: Who knows with uh, with Darren Waller? I mean, he's been out with that hamstring injury for weeks, yeah, for like but a month and now. he's been
1: practicing, which is which is which is the craziest part is that he's been practicing, but they just haven't they haven't played him,
0: yeah I mean i I was like, I'm sick of this. I like had to I picked up George Kittle in the guillotine because I was like i I need a better tight end than Robert Tunyon every single week yeah. Yeah, I also picked up Josh Jacobs. What a fun – that team that lost in the team. sad to see you go, but that's some good pieces.
1: Welcome home, Mari. Welcome home.
0: Yeah, that was a fun one. He had three premium tight – he had three tight ends that were like top five tight ends. Uh, for me, stuff. he
1: only had one that was a top five tight end.
0: Well, he, uh, okay, he had Mark Andrews. That was the one. Yeah. That
1: was the one I didn't, I didn't put a bit in for Kittle. I didn't put a bit in for uh, pits.
0: Yeah. Well, Pitts went for $0. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And even, even $0 was a lot to be quite fair. I feel like, yeah. I feel like you should be getting fab to pick up <laughs> Kyle. Pitts.
0: it's like uh, going to the grocery store and you have bottle deposits and you buy something that's for uh, less money than the bottle deposit. So you get paid, you get money back. Exactly. It's fun stuff. All right. Next is the game that I'm sure you're excited to talk about. The annual loss to the Green Bay Packers by the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Bingo. At least semi-annual. Mike McCarthy revenge game. That's also true. Oh, my God.
1: Against Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy could say, fuck you to Aaron Rodgers to his face. And Aaron Rodgers could say, fuck you to Mike McCarthy to his face.
0: In Lambeau. Also. In Lambeau. The booze are going to be outrageous. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if the Packers lose this game, then you know that their season is truly fucked. Yeah.
1: Why? Because Dallas is such a bad team or because their record at that point is insalvageable?
0: No, not because it's not because of of Dallas being a bad team. It's because the Packers usually beat the Cowboys. That's really true. true.
1: Okay. That's fair. So, that's fair. Part honor so, of the Dallas Cowboys Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, but also it's also part of the Packers being at three and seven, potentially having that being kind of unsalvageable as far yeah, as like it, playoff ups. And if
1: Minnesota takes on the bills without Josh Allen and the, and the Vikings win that game, and the Vikings go to eight and one. They have a five. They would have a five game lead in that division. Well, no, it's not true because then the winner of well, unless Detroit beats Chicago, then they would.
0: Yeah, I mean, a five game lead with six or seven to play is yeah. insurmountable. Yeah, that's a lot. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is good. I, like I would start him. Yeah.
1: I would start him personally.
0: Um, what are you hearing as far as the injuries with uh, Aaron Jones? Um, everything I'm hearing
1: is that all the scans came back clean and that he's looking like he's going to play. So if he does play, obviously you don't have much of a choice. You have to start Aaron Jones.
0: And then you're not going to start A.J. Dillon if Aaron Jones plays at this point.
1: Yeah, if if, if Aaron Jones plays, you don't start AJ Dillon, but if Aaron Jones, for whatever reason, doesn't play uh, AJ Dillon is a must start.
0: Yeah. Uh, With Romeo Dobbs being out for four to six weeks with the high ankle sprain. Are there any receivers on this team that are worth it? I think Christian Watson
1: definitely gets a bit of a boost. Uh, Obviously, Alan Lazard gets a boost, but I mean, you're 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 probably playing Alan Lazard uh, anyway. And I also look at uh, Samori Torre as well. Um, he could definitely get a get a boost here. Those are all the guys that I would be looking out for. Um, if I had to start, if I had to rank them, um, I would probably say for me, it's obviously Lazard is one, then Christian Watson would be two for me, and then Tori would be three, but close.
0: And then uh, Robert Tunyon.
1: Uh, yeah, I actually I actually think Tunyon is 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 an okay start. i think not Tunyon is an okay start. I think he'll get some of the the uh, the targets that Dobbs vacated.
0: All right, Uh, the the story in this game obviously is Zeke. Uh,
1: Yeah, and I hope he doesn't play.
0: (laughs) Honestly, me too. For the not yeah for the for my sake of the guillotine, I hope that he does not play.
1: I hope he doesn't play because Pollard, Tony Pollard, does look great, and it would be much easier to have Tony Pollard as a top twelve option than Pollard as a top twenty four option. Zeke is like a top borderline top thirty. but Dak, Dak, you're starting. If I actually think Pollard, you play no matter what, to be really honest. Um, if Zeke plays, you probably have to start him. But, again, he's no more than a flex level play. CD, you're starting. Michael Gallup, you're not starting. Noah Brown, you're not starting. Dalton Schultz, you start. High end tight end to Dalton Schultz. You start him.
0: There you go. Uh, Let's see. Last game. In Cowboys
1: defense, you don't need me to tell you this. Cowboys defense, you're 100% sorry. I
0: guess Rodgers?
1: Best defense in the National Football League, Cowboys defense, with the best defensive player in the National Football League, Michael Parsons.
0: Uh, Sauce Gardner.
1: No, it's uh, it's Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons, the guy the uh, New York Giants traded down to uh, and did not take.
0: Well, I will be excited to see when Dallas score g- gives you a negative five because Aaron Rodgers will throw for like 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yep, yep probably. So just uh, be wary of that. Uh uh-huh. All right. Last game before Sunday night, Arizona going to L.A. in a playoff rematch. Yep. Uh, this game, I don't know. What do you got for this one?
1: Uh, Kyler Murray. You're starting James Conner. I wouldn't be starting, but yeah, it's 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 eh. it's eh, really uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You are absolutely 100% starting. There is no chance in hell that you could ever convince me to sit DeAndre Hopkins in any condition. Uh, Rondell Moore is a fine start, he's a high end wide receiver three for me. And Zach Ertz, you're starting. For the Rams, I would not be starting Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford actually concussion protocol. has something yep. to closely, closely monitor, because if Matthew Stafford does not clear concussion protocol and they and the Rams have to go in with a backup, who's the backup quarterback for the Rams? Adam, do you know?
0: Oh, is it jo-
1: is it still John Wolford? Oh, if it's John, if it's John Wolford, that's not good. That's that. That's very, very, very bad. It is John Wolford. Oh boy. All right. So, I would not be starting a Rams running back. Please. Go pick up Kyron Williams, stash him in your IR. Uh, there's a chance that he is activated, though, for Sunday. And I, that would just be another running back to add to this mess. Um, Cooper Cup, you're obviously starting. Allen Robinson, you don't start. And Tyler Higby, after a donut, you hope he rebounds. If there's no Stafford, you sit him. If there is Stafford, you start him with low end tight end one expectations.
0: You know, I was actually wondering what K-Makers did against Tampa Bay, and it was uh, it was just a rerun of early in the season where who he gots? gets he got the ball, he would get tackled three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then that would be that. He did who gots. It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Just real shame for Cam Dog Akers.
1: shit. Dog shit.
0: Um, but I mean, that game for the for the Rams was also just bad in general because yeah. Daryl Williams. Or Daryl Henderson just didn't do anything either. No.
1: No. Nobody did anything except for Cooper Cupp, Per yep. Par for the course.
0: Par for the course. Uh, okay, Sunday Night Football. Uh, 49ers, Chargers. As far as this game is concerned, I think one thing with the 49ers is that, the, that as, they, as expected, um, they opened the window to return for Elijah Mitchell yes so that is something to be monitored but at this point he is a backup slash handcuff to christian mccaffrey
1: who is probably gonna get injured soon because i traded a third round pick to get him so oh well good thing i held on to elijah mitchell yep good move good move uh garoppolo you're starting as a top 12 quarterback uh mccaffrey yeah sure you could start him i guess you're you're starting christian mccaffrey uh Debo Samuel, that'll be a very interesting one to to look at. See if Debo Samuel uh, makes it. I believe that he did log a full practice on Wednesday. Yes, he did. So Debo Samuel is looking good to go. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, you are. I would I would give Ayuk a, a serious look to potentially start. And I think after the buy, I think you see more of an emphasis on using George Kittle. I think George Kittle becomes more involved in this offense. And I think I think Kittle definitely has a nice game versus versus the Chargers. Justin Herbert, you're starting him, but Herbert has just not looked very good at all. And it's just getting a little bit hard to trust him. It's because uh, of the ribs. It Yeah, I mean... it, it's it's definitely because of the ribs. Uh, I know he was actually dropped in, uh, in our guillotine. And I'm going to be very curious to see tonight whether or not anybody goes out and claims him. It'd be very, very interesting if someone if
0: someone goes out and
1: take and takes that shot. I don't know if I would personally. I don't think I
0: would either because I have Joe Burrow and Geno Smith, so I'm kind of okay. Right, right. So, but Herbert,
1: Herbert, if you have him, you're starting him. You can't really sit him. There's not really anybody else. That I think that you can go and pick up. That would be better than Herbert. Um, Austin Eckler, that guy. Yeah, you're starting him too. Uh, if Keenan Allen plays, I guess you start him. Um, but didn't early, practice on Wednesday. Yeah, he's probably going to be on a, on a snap count anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and, you know, really, outside of that, it's like if Josh Palmer plays great. You, you'll start Josh Palmer if there's no Keenan Allen. Uh, if Mike Williams plays, you're going to play Mike Williams. We'll see. No,
0: I don't think he's going to play. He's I think he's ruled out. Or he's, he's week to week, is what Brandon Staley says.
1: Yeah, but that was, that was it was a uh, three to four weeks, and then with the bye. so there's there there's a shot, but I, it's it's a long shot.
0: But well, so he played against Seattle, right? And there was the bye. Mm-hmm. Then last week against Atlanta, so that's two weeks. Yeah. So this would be week three. This would be week three.
1: It would be close. It would be close. I, again, I doubt it. Um, but if he plays, obviously you're starting him but I wouldn't expect it. And Gerald Everett, I would I would play. I would be playing Gerald Everett. Um, I think he has a pretty good game against San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, I guess now it's time for Monday night.
0: That's right. Washington going to Philadelphia.
1: Fantabulous. Taylor Heineke, you're not starting. Antonio Gibson, you're starting. Brian Robinson, you're sitting. Terry McLaurin, you're starting, but you're managing expectations. I don't think this is really going to be a great game for McLaurin. Being honest, I think this is more of a Curtis Samuel game, who I would consider in 12 team leagues as a third receiver. And there's no Washington tight end that I would consider. Uh, for Philadelphia, what if uh,
0: sorry to cut you off here, but what if Jahan Dotson plays? I'd sit him, but he's a
1: great hold if anybody dropped him. Cool for Philadelphia. This is easy. Hurts, you're starting. Miles Sanders, you're starting. A.J. Brown, you're starting. Devonta Smith, you're sitting. I would sit Devonta Smith. I, I It's one I want to see. And then Dallas Goddard, you're starting.
0: Cool. Fun stuff. Anything we missed? Any defenses that we didn't uh, talk about that you want to go over?
1: Uh, yeah. Let me just pull up my uh, defensive ranks. I like Kansas City this week as a streamer. I do like Tennessee this week as a streamer. Denver this week as a streamer. If Malik Willis uh does play i do like them a little bit um i would say arizona if john walford is the starter i would like arizona a little bit versus the rams I Think that is one that's definitely interesting the saints against pittsburgh i know we talked about the giants against houston i do like if the bucks were dropped the bucks against seattle i kind of like a little bit um and then the raiders against the colts if sam ellinger is going to be the guy i do think the raiders are a top 12 play i'd pick them up i'd start
0: them. all right cool stuff well thank you for listening to this episode of the basic talk podcast fantasy show you can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast for my co-host edward so i'm adam castro and we'll talk to you next time bye bye